the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. going on, everybody? Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer. That's right. Blue Skies. Mr. Blue Sky from ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Fantastic show for you tonight. A craft beer guest that's going to be joining me for two segments this hour. And, of course, some news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. And we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com and you will find my cast as well as a plethora of other beer casts that you can uh, download and listen to at your leisure. I personally recommend on that site the South Jersey Beer Scene uh, podcast as well as Selling craft beer. If you want all the news that you can get uh, in the beer world in about six to ten minutes, Selling uh, Craft Beer is a great little podcast uh, that you can download and listen. It's very quick. I listen to it often. Uh, get some great news out of it. There's some kind of um, there's just some great stuff in that podcast. You definitely want to check it out. Now, coming up in ten minutes, Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing down in South Jersey, Clarksboro, New Jersey, is going to join me to talk among other things. Uh, the new ABC laws in New Jersey that he is not happy about. Chuck has been very vocal about it uh, all over social media. He's done interviews. Uh, the new um, uh, rulings were enacted uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Yeah, it was right after Memorial Day uh, that they enacted them. And uh, that's coming up in about 10 minutes. He joins me for two segments. It's a great interview. As I said, Chuck, very outspoken about what's going on. We had talked about a lot of the rules uh, with John Cusho, uh from South Jersey Beer Scene a couple of weeks ago. And really wanted to get Chuck on uh, to discuss how he's upset about it, but also he's trying to work to benefit everybody. It's not just him, but I also feel that his business model has been targeted uh, because in one of the rulings it was uh, it was ruled that uh, you couldn't make coffee at breweries, and part of his business model is selling coffee. So this is a direct shot at him because there's no other brewer in New Jersey that's doing that. So we'll talk to Chuck in uh, just about 10 minutes from now, and uh, we'll, uh, he'll be joining us for two segments. So I uh, can't wait to hear uh, from Chuck. A uh, little electric light orchestra to kick things off. We'll sprinkle some ELO during the show. Went to see them uh, this past Tuesday at the Prudential Center um, over in Newark, and what a fantastic show. I got turned on by them uh, years ago and had not had an opportunity to see Jeff Lynn because he hadn't been touring with ELO. And then a few years ago he was, he was touring but the tickets were so expensive at Radio City that I turned them down. Uh, but uh, Prudential 
Got some uh, decent seats for a good price. Had a great time with my wife and uh, neighbors of ours. We had just uh, a lot of fun uh, at the Prudential Center. But let's get into some news real quick here. So um, beer has a new definition in California. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill uh, about a week ago that changed the legal definition of beer in the state. It now includes varieties fermented with fruit, honey, spices, and other foods before using fruit in the fermentation process required breweries to acquire a wine license. The new law will go into effect next year. That's interesting. I did not know that. A lot of uh, breweries have a lot of fruit-forward beers and different things. So now breweries don't need to acquire a wine license in California uh, to get that done. Again, that new law takes effect next year. Deschutes Brewery has launched uh, two new refreshing, easy-drinking beers for the summer. Uh, Deschutes, just in New Jersey, was over at Paragon Tap and Table uh, last Thursday uh, with uh, Peerless Beverages um, distributing them throughout the state. So uh, got a chance to catch up on some Deschutes stuff. So uh, we'll have a review on that in about a week or so uh, on those beers. So Marionberry Lavender is an American sour ale. It's infused with uh, Oregon Marionberry and aromatic lavender. Uh, it's been inspired by culinary cocktails. Uh, let's see here. It is a 4.3% ABV with a 10 IBU. Um this is in 12-ounce six-pack cans and also on draft. This is going to, um, let's see, Tangelo Cardamon follows the Marion Berry Lavender release this fall. This is going to be, uh, this is actually out now, this sour, the Mar- Marion Berry Lavender. Uh, should be available right about now in your stores. And then Brute IPA joins the Just Tapped series. Um this was born, according to the press release, born out of innovation at the Portland Public House with experimentation around this popular style in the brewery state-of-the-art pilot brew house. Uh, it features Mosaic and Hallera 2 Blank Hops, uh, one of the most hoppy and aromatic beers that Deschutes brews. It's a 6.4% ABV with a 35 IBU, uh, is available in 12-ounce six-pack bottles and draft, currently shipping to wholesalers in Deschutes' full distribution footprint. So if you haven't seen it yet in New Jersey, you will very soon. Bear Republic Brewing has announced some changes. Uh, This from Brewbound. Richard R. Norgrove uh, is stepping down as the CEO um, of this Northern California-based company. Uh, He did this about a week ago. His son, Ricardo, will be taking over as the company's chief executive. And then Bear Republic also named longtime employee Peter Kruger as its new chief operating officer. He takes over for um, Norgrove's uh, son. And lastly, Quality Assurance Manager Roger Herbst has been promoted to the role of brewmaster. So uh, Ricardo spoke to Brewbound, said Bear Republic had been um, succession planning for the last couple of years. So Norgrove will be taking over the company in uh, October as CEO. He plans to run the company for the next three to seven years before transitioning into a board role and then handing over the reins to Kruger. Uh, Kruger served as Bear Republic's master brewer for nearly 13 years before taking over the chief operating officer role in April. Uh, That was according to his LinkedIn uh, account. Now, Herbst is an 11-year veteran of Bear Republic, according to Brewbound. He's going to be tasked with overseeing all aspects of the company's beer production, including directing brewery operations at Bear Republic's brew pubs in Healdsburg and Ronit Park. Um, This is a change in leadership. Bear Republic's production fell about 15% uh, last year, according to um, the Brewers Association to about sixty-six thousand, a little under sixty-seven thousand barrels of beer. Uh, they are the forty-eighth largest Brewers Association to find craft brewery. Uh, they've declined more than f- uh, fourteen thousand five hundred barrels over the last two years. 
They were at a peak of a little over 81,000 in 2016. Uh, Norgrove told Brubound he attributed the sales declines over the last two years to the company pulling out of markets, switching wholesalers, and dealing with a water shortage, drought conditions, and deadly wildfires in Sonoma County. That makes sense. In fact, last year's wildfire created a labor shortage in Sonoma County that left Bear Republic struggling to fill its brew pub workforce. However, Nurgrove told Brewbound he admitted the brewery wasn't as creative as it needed to be in order to compete with newer breweries. The 24-year-old company has also been hampered by an image of being the Racer 5 IPA factory. So that's that's interesting. So um, Norgrove told uh, Brewbound the company has found success with the launch of Through the Haze IPA and the introduction of can packages. The company has also begun producing small batch offerings that it cans on an interim canning line and sells it at its three locations. Um, they want to dig deeper into California, uh, have a little bit more growth. Um, they have beefed up Bear Republic sales, marketing, and events teams. They plan to invest around $5 million later this year into a new canning line, which the company expects to be operational in the first quarter of 2020. Um, he, he says to Brewbound, he thinks there's enough growth in California for Bear Republic to grow, adding that the brand is still unavailable in 15 California counties, which is interesting. Uh, for 2019, uh, the plan is to dig in and fortify Bear Republic for a flat year at around 63,000 barrels world, working to remain profitable. Uh, profitable as such, uh, they have shed about nine jobs over the last seven months through layoffs, retirements, and attrition. Interesting. So um, they've been affected, obviously, by the wildfires and stuff. Um, I'll be honest with you, Bear Republic makes decent beer, but hadn't really seen anything uh, new from them in a while. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here, uh, how they recover, and what new offerings they'll have. Uh, I know they still distribute in New Jersey. Um, I have to check out to see if there's some newer offerings. Just for, I mean, the Racer is, is a great IPA, but they really haven't done much else uh, since. And the fact that they're not available in a lot of places in California for a, a, a brewery with a, a somewhat a national footprint, very interesting. Finally, our good friends over at Five Boroughs Brewing uh, they are having a second anniversary party over in their Sunset Park tap room from noon until close on Saturday, July 27th. It'll feature a double 16-ounce can drop, uh, delicious eats, limited release merchandise, a pop-up summertime uh, activations. They say think a cotton candy machine and uh, uh, some unlimited supply of grooves from their favorite DJs. Just check out their Facebook page, uh, Five Boroughs Brewing, for more information over there. These Those guys make some great beer if you're in the area on Saturday, July 27th. I encourage you to take advantage of those guys. They make a fantastic beer. When we come back after a short break, Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing is going to join me for two segments. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Answer New York skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Answer New York. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 970, The Answer. Is a friend or loved one's gambling problem affecting your life emotionally, spiritually, or financially? Do you yourself take a toll on the people around you due to a gambling issue? The effects of problem gambling are far-reaching. They've come in many different forms and grow with technology. At 800-GAMBLER, we invite you to have the conversation. Chat with your family member, speak with your friend, or have a talk with yourself. Is a gambling problem affecting your life? 
Visit 800gambler.org for access to a new video, various programs, services, and resources for disordered gamblers, their friends, and or loved ones. We work to educate the public and provide aid to anyone who needs it. Always know that if you reach out, you will be met with compassion and understanding from our team. We're here to help you in any way possible. 800-GAMBLER. We offer support, treatment, and hope. We're just a phone call or click away. This message sponsored by the Council on Compulsive Gambling in New Jersey, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting the Stand with Israel tour with my friend Dennis Prager. This tour of the Holy Land will bring us face-to-face with one of our country's most important allies and one of the most fascinating spiritual regions on Earth. More than a vacation, this bucket list trip will deepen your faith and expand your mind. I personally want to invite you to join me on this journey. Register today, and I'll see you in Israel. For more information, and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. I mean, I couldn't not have a Jersey guest on and not play Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's maybe it's sacrilegious. I don't know. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertgnnycradio.com, iTunes and Google Play, you just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to the hoppedupnetwork.com. Not only will you find my show, but a bunch of other beer-related podcasts on that platform as well. Uh, my next guest, we've had him on a couple of times. He runs a brewery and coffee joint that are in the same building, but there's a chance he might not be able to do that for much longer. Uh, new rules out by the New Jersey ABC. They're now official. They had put some rules out last year. They kind of put them on hold. Now they've changed them and kind of uh, tweaked them, but you know, not maybe for in the best interests of everybody in mind. He's been more than outspoken about it. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome back to the program Chuck Garrity to the Craft Beer Cast on AM970. The answer, Chuck, how are you? I'm good, Al. How about you? Uh, you know, good to be on again. Summer, summer, summer's here, and uh, I don't want it to go away. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on here uh, in New Jersey, and uh, I had um, 
John Cushow on a couple weeks ago talking about it, and I really wanted to get your take on it. You've been so vocal about these changes in the New Jersey ABC ruling since it started last year, uh, was upheld, and now with a few changes, uh, it has now been implemented. How do the charges, uh, the changes, excuse me, directly affect your business? Well, uh, yeah, they uh, they have quite an impact. Uh, the the changes, and and I well, first thing I'll say is that really there haven't been many changes at all mm-hmm. from the ruling last year, and I think that that's that there's a little uh, confusion about that. Uh, the one thing, the one main change is that. Uh, the implementation or the enforcement of the law, which um, is, is basically they're saying that it won't be enforced over the next year unless uh, there is a violation that they see uh, as egregious or, you know, uh, that, that, you know, people are, are just, you know, uh, consistently violating it to a point where they have to enforce it now versus later. So, you know, that's that's the one thing that I think has really taken the sting and uh, perhaps some of the outrage that we saw last September uh, out of the the current uh, the, the current special ruling. But pretty much if you look and you do a comparison between the two, uh, you know, they're they're about 90 percent similar. Um, so, yeah, they tweaked a couple things. Uh, you know, over the negotiations uh, from both the, the, the Guild and the, uh, the uh, Brewers Association over the last few months. Right. Um, but I say, you know, especially for my, for my business model and others like it, it's, it's, still, um, it's still very negative in terms of impacting what we do on a day-to-day basis. Well, that's leading into my next question, Chuck. One of the rulings in the ABC is that breweries in New Jersey, uh, they can sell soda that they make. They can offer water for sale, but you're not allowed to sell coffee. This is a clear shot at you and your business model. As far as I know, you're the only brewery in New Jersey that uh, does coffee in the morning, beer in the afternoon, and you can get coffee at any time, I guess, at the brewery. Why are they targeting you specifically? You know, I, uh, I, I, I have to say that uh, you know, that was very surprising because it wasn't in the initial ruling. Um, and that's one of the changes, uh, it, and it was a change that was really not expected, you know. Um, and even even uh, those involved uh, in the negotiation uh, said that they were surprised to see that in the final ruling, basically meaning that it really wasn't on the table, or at least that, that's what I was I was told that coffee was never even uh, discussed or on the table, and then suddenly issue was rolling on May twenty. Uh, the the ruling is issued on May twenty eighth, and Boom! There it is. Right. I, uh, you know, I, the one, the one, you know, people. A lot of people. I got a lot of phone calls. A lot of people reaching out to me, uh, saying that we were individually targeted. Um, you know, I, I definitely had my concerns, but I also was encouraged that there was a uh, a way to uh, a way to to uh, you know, uh, I guess protest and. Um, and, and request a waiver or be grandfathered in from the ABC. And, uh, and that is what we did. We actually did that the next day. Okay. Um, we put, you know, we got together with our attorneys and the thing is what, just, just so your audience understands, I mean, uh, you know, we had gotten our complete business model 
and you know our entire you know our entire concept approved over two years ago by the ABC. Right. So this was this was something that was you know from the very beginning we we uh, had this innovative you know relatively new concept at least for the area, and uh, and we went through quite a few rounds of the ABC back in 2017 to get it approved. So the fact that it was in the special ruling saying that we couldn't do it would have a major impact on our business. Coffee is 25% of our business, coffee and, and all the other things that we do right. around that. So um, that, that obviously would constitute a hardship. And uh, right now we're, we're waiting to hear a final word from the ABC. Okay. We're talking with Chuck Garrity, the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing, located uh, down in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, when the first set of rules were put out back in September of last year, September, October of last year, a spokesperson said that they had reached out to many of the craft breweries in the state. And when I when I had talked to you at the time, uh, Chuck, you had mentioned you were not contacted. Now, were you contacted by the NJABC to participate in this second round of talks before these rule changes were instituted? We were not. Interesting. So... You, you 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 vocally uh, you know to me at least said you weren't. I know you had posted stuff on your Facebook page and and I know you had done a bunch of interviews saying that. So you would have thought that the NJBC this second round of talks would have at least called you and said, "Hey, why don't you come to the table? We're discussing these things. What can we do to help you work out?" And and they don't talk to you. I see that to me is baffling that they wouldn't try and 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 talk with you, especially that you have such a unique business model. Well, uh, you know, we certainly made our feedback. We are uh, members of the of the Brewers Association, um, although we kind of we, we we disagree, especially with their public statement uh, immediately after the special ruling, mm-hmm. where they you know quote applauded the ABC for the ruling, which was really confusing to us. Uh, you know, we also understand that they have to do what they have to do because they are a top-down uh, lobbying organization and they want to be in good graces of the ABC, and I kind of get that. Sure. I think one of the things is that, I mean, it's, but I still, you know, the, the language, I think they could have used, uh, you know, different language versus applauding because I think that that really caused a lot of public confusion, thinking that, you know, all breweries are cool with this. It was actually a good thing for the industry, mm-hmm. uh, which I I I fervently disagree with. I think a lot of it is uh, is incredibly restrictive, and some of it unconstitutional. Um, but uh, I think that they also they have they they have one board member now uh, on the Brewers Association who was part of the negotiations, who was who was a smaller brewery. So I think that maybe they had their quote, you know, their bases covered. Based okay. on the fact that they had a what we call a main street or downtown brewery mm-hmm. um, involved as a board member, a newly elected board member. Um, and perhaps that that was that. But, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this is that, you know, there's still at least 40, at least 40 to 50 breweries that are not part of uh, the Brewers Association nor the Brewers Guild. Uh, okay. And those, those are the breweries that. You know, the independent brewers of New Jersey and myself and, and, and a few others really feel like, you know, we need now now we're part of the association, but we really feel that, um, you know, we need to be a voice for the entire industry, not just particular business models. You know, uh, right. People right. reached out to me about the coffee and, you know, we're handling that directly with the ABC. However, 
you know, we don't do food trucks here. We don't do some other things. But I defend the right of the all breweries to be able to do these things. Musicians, you know, very important to us. Maybe not important to another brewery, but we need to understand that we need to, you know, defend New Jersey brewing as a whole in the advancements that we have that we're making. Because I see my competition is not of the New Jersey breweries, but Pennsylvania, Delaware, and other things where they can do whatever they want. Right so, and right and and um, the location of your brewery obviously in proximity to Pennsylvania that that you know I understand that that's an that's an issue for you Chuck before I I don't want to get too far here because we're going to have to take a break here but let's t- let's sure. take a break real quick I got a few other questions for you that I really want to get your opinion on uh, we're talking with Chuck Garrity the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy the answer we're going to take a quick break Chuck's going to join us for another segment we'll be back right after this. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's fair and 86 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. New York City strap hangers are headed to MTA headquarters tomorrow. Steve Greenfield has the story. They say that after a week in which power failures, flooding, and a massive signal meltdown scrambled subway service during the heat wave, they're going to demand that Governor Cuomo put into place an MTA capital plan, which puts congestion pricing funds towards subway reliability and accessibility upgrades, along with an MTA structure that recruits and retains experienced transit. Leaders. Finally, they'll call on Mayor de Blasio to make transit a top priority on busy city streets with more dedicated bus lanes for when the subway falls short. They plan to rally at 9.30 a.m. Steve Greenfield. Army medical researchers are launching a new voluntary study of women in the military. It's been nearly four years since the Pentagon announced it will open all combat jobs to women. Since then, at least 30 have become Army Rangers, two have graduated Marine Infantry School, and three have passed the grueling phase for Green Beret training. Army researchers want to identify the attributes that have helped these women succeed. Researchers hope learning the secrets of their success may help other women compete for the same combat jobs. In sports, Yankees fell to the Rockies 8-4, and the Mets unfortunately lost to the San Francisco Giants in 12 innings. That final score was 3-2. Traffic delays are much better at the George In-N-Out. Holland-Lincoln Tunnels, no reported delays. Turnpike, Western Spur at the Southern Mixing Bowl. We've got a disabled vehicle blocking the center lane. And then Chimney Rock Road, north and southbound from Thompson Avenue to Washington Valley Road. You've got downed power cables. Weather for tonight, 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, and then some of those storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain, low around 77. Chance of showers and thunderstorms tomorrow after 10 a.m. Some of those storms could produce heavy rain as well, high 83. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. From fighting wildfires with air support, helping civilians in flooded neighborhoods, to delivering food and supplies to those who have lost everything, the Army National Guard always responds when disaster strikes. The Army National Guard also trains to be ever vigilant against threats, foreign and domestic. They protect our skies with missile defense weaponry. They secure our information, communications and infrastructure with cybersecurity. And they protect us against chemical, biological and radiological hazards with the civilian support team. The Army National Guard also stands ready to deploy and provide support for conflicts or humanitarian missions abroad. 
Join the Army National Guard and be there to respond, protect, and support your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com. iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at AM970TheAnswer.com. Yeah, I think Electric Light Orchestra had it right. Confusion, confusion, confusion. Lots of confusion with the New Jersey beer laws and uh, what is going on with New Jersey breweries here. Uh, this is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. Uh, my guest, Chuck Garrity, the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing. They're located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. And Chuck joins me again uh, for another segment here as we're talking about all these Crazy laws that are and uh, rulings from the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Commission uh, that are going on. Chuck, thanks so much for joining me for one more segment here. A um, couple more questions I got for you. Uh, I, what I don't understand, and we, we, you know, you're just talking about the the business model and your business model and how certain breweries are not being represented, and you're looking for everybody to get a fair share. Uh, do you think, I, I, looking into this over the last several months, do you think that part of this is a North Jersey, South Jersey kind of brewery thing where the breweries in North Jersey, and again, this is just speculation on my part, you think that um, North Jersey breweries are happy with the ruling because it gives them some of what they want but not everything, and you guys in South Jersey saying to yourselves, well, we're getting a lot of stuff taken away from us. It's not fair. Yeah, you know, I, I think there might be a tendency to think that way, but I, I can tell you that we've been, um, you know, we've been in contact with uh, – you know, a handful of North Jersey breweries as well. Um, because you know, I, I do think that I, I see that for whatever reason, I can't explain why, but it seems like South Jersey breweries are a little more vocal um, and maybe are working a little closer, especially our, you know, our Main Street type. Maybe this model is a little more prevalent down in the South. Um, I, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, I think that, I, I just I, part of me thinks that, you know, North Jersey is just a little more old school uh, South Jersey. And I say that in a good way. But, right. you know, I, I think South Jersey is, you know, there's just a little more um, uh, it's just growing and there's a lot of development here and that type of thing. That's the only difference that I could say. But again, I, I think it's more of a business model issue, mm-hmm. you know, manufacturing production focused breweries that are producing a ton of beer and a lot of products for uh, bars and restaurants and liquor stores and that type of thing versus, you know, uh, Main Street or, or small, you know, nano, quote, nano breweries that are, in, you know, nestled in their communities on Main Streets uh, that do the majority of their business through their tasting rooms. And they should have the right to do that. Right. No, no, no. I, I understand that. I mean, look, I, I have a brewery by me where I live in Clark, New Jersey, uh, in Rawway, uh, Wet Ticket Brewing uh, is literally six minutes from my house. And they're nestled right into the Great Main guys, Street yeah. of town. And uh, Tim and Al have done a great job at, at promoting their product and getting their product out there. But um, the, 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 the city itself of Rawway has welcomed them from the very beginning. Um, the, the restaurants have welcomed them to put towns, their beers on tap. You know, right, right. And, and, most and, towns and mayors are, and if they don't have a brewery, they're looking to get one. Ex- exactly. Like you Westfield know. is trying to get one, and they're trying to move it closer to the center of town so they can do those things. Here, here's what I don't understand is why would the ABC 
restrict breweries from advertising events via social media. It actually hurts your business and benefits the bars and restaurants that are in the area because they're able to post those things on social media and you're not. What what are your thoughts on that, Chuck? Uh, That is probably the most baffling aspect of this ruling. I mean, there are a few... uh, you know things that don't make sense but the, the the social media i mean and it's not just social media although that it's also any type of uh media including press uh you right. know uh you know radio tv all of that um it, it's uh, this this really gets into uh commercial free speech uh we've been contacted by several attorneys uh that are just you know, are looking to jump on this case mm-hmm. uh, because there's pretty clear precedent that this is something that is at least, you know, right on the line of of constitutionality. Um, other than that, I, I, you know, it's it's just uh, I, I think that it's I, I, I spoke with an attorney last week who said, and my question was, has this ever happened anywhere, as far as you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing about it, is that we, uh, there's no precedent for this, or at least of what we can see from anywhere in the country. You know, this is the first time that, you know, this type of thing has been attempted. Um, and, it, yeah, I mean, it directly impacts our ability to market our business. And there is an established... Uh, you know, it went all the way up to the high courts, basically saying that just because you have the right to regulate and the state agency has the right to regulate a business does not mean that they have the right to um, restrict or have an influence on how they advertise or market themselves unless there's a risk to the public health, which right. in this case is, you know, there's you know, what's the risk to the public health if we have a, uh, you know, a, a, a somebody's playing a acoustic guitar and, you know, singing to a microphone. Right, or having or a yoga night. Or, or, or trivia. Yeah. Right, right. I'm the sorry. other thing, Al, that I want to I be really kind of clear about sure. on this is the strange thing is that, um, you know, we have to contact the ABC and also our town, uh, what are the, uh, the police chief and the clerk 10 days in advance if we want to have an event, if we just even want to have a music event or quizzo or a yoga event uh, that is beyond that 25 that or that is part of that 25 advertised events. Mm-hmm. The really perplexing thing is that this is targeted at breweries only. You know, a bar uh, can have can have, you know, live music five days a week and can be open until two o'clock in the morning having that music and do not have to go through those types of protocols. So those are the things that really are confusing because yeah. even wineries, I mean, there's no, there's no parity even with a winery. Right. Um, so, you know, all of the, this kind of red tape and obstacles make things so much harder for the breweries to be able to just manage and to be able to, you know, provide a great experience for our customers. I mean, it, that's really what it comes down to. It, it's amazing to me because here's a burgeoning business in New Jersey that is doing so great, and the the governor and the state are trying to, you know, we need more small business, we need more revenue, et cetera, et cetera, and yet the ABC seems to be putting their foot on your throat, preventing you from doing those things, and, and it, it may eventually end up taking some brewers out of business. Now, Chuck, you posted a few days ago on the Death of the Fox uh, uh, Facebook page 
that the time has come to have Trenton step in and legislate these rules and make them as clear-cut as possible as to what you can or cannot do in the confines of a brewery. Have you gotten any response from local or state legislators? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is where the ultimate solution, uh, the thing is, you know, the ABC is really, you know, I, I don't put, yes, you know, the, there are some really crazy aspects to this, but the ABC is really just, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to regulate existing law. So we can't make them necessarily, you know, that what is really the solution here. My point on the post was that the real solution here, instead of vilifying the ABC, uh, you know, they're just trying to do their jobs. Right. But it's it's the legislation, it's the statute of 2012 that needs to be addressed and it needs to be opened up to be able to accommodate business models and to be able to be more exact in its language. Because the issue here is that everybody is, you know, this is an interpretation of what's called a legislative intent, which is which is saying that, well, you know, yeah, they wanted breweries, but only for manufacturing only right. in, the, in the traditional three tiered system. Um, and so really the point is that the legislature, it is only the legislature that can do this and that can fix this. Um, you know, we are in contact with our legislators. Um, they appear supportive. What the independent brewers of New Jersey are trying to do is, is also in addition contacting our legislators, um, is to go through freeholders and mayors and all township officials to be able to say, or to be able to support and be able to say breweries are a great thing for my community. Mm-hmm. So any way that we can get that type of grassroots movement going, just like we did last year and the rule got suspended, that's what we're looking to do. Um, but the legislator is really the, the focus should be to have the leg- legislators, um, you know, take this on and do the right thing for the citizens of the state. And to be able, and that's a good thing for everybody. I mean, it's it's millions of additional tax revenue, it's thousands of jobs. Right. Um. You know, we're still ranked 45th out of 50 yep. in breweries per capita, yep. which is amazing. You know, so people think that there might be a saturation point. My, I don't think that we're even close. No. And I think that a lot of this is geared towards slowing the growth of the industry. And really, you know, we, we should be doing the opposite. Talking with Chuck Garrity, he's the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing, located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com, the website for more information. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Last question from me, Chuck. Um, you know, obviously, I think, the, I think the biggest issue, and I think you're right, I do agree with you that this needs to be legislated so that everybody knows, okay, here are the rules for the breweries, here are the rules for the bars and restaurants. But to me, the biggest problem that I think New Jersey has, and it needs to to be changed, but I don't know how you change it to make it equitable for everybody, is the fact that an, a, a liquor license in New Jersey is ridiculously expensive. It becomes a commodity for these restaurants, as opposed to in other states where the, it, the you know it's not as much money. And so I, I think the restaurant's argument is, well, these guys, it's a competition uh, between us when clearly it's not. You both do different things. Um, what I, I would like to see the state and you know, you can agree with me or disagree with me here. I, I would like to see the state say, look, your your license is not worth that much anymore. It's a clear cut, you know, this is what it is. And the breweries are allowed to do these things. You guys are allowed to do these things. And everybody can get along. Because at the end of the day, if your beer is in other people's restaurants, it's a win-win for both. The restaurant makes money and you make money. I mean, isn't that the goal here is to make 
you know, yeah, money. And, and, and I can tell you that a lot. Absolutely. I can tell you that a lot of new restaurants that are opening or even uh, restaurants are kind of doing a reorganization and they are embracing New Jersey craft beer. Right. I mean, I can tell you that a restaurant just uh, 10 minutes from us has 36 taps, 12 of which are, are always dedicated to New Jersey craft beer and trying to highlight some of not just, you know, the big guys like Kate May and Flying Fish, but a lot of the, you know, smaller breweries and that are coming out with, you know, really innovative uh, recipes. So, yeah, you know, that that's a bigger problem for them to figure out. And there are, there are ways that they, they can do it in terms of credits and giving them some type of uh, some type of compensation for the value of their license. I mean, but this has been ongoing for, you know, years. Yeah. Yeah, the last 30 years, I mean, right. in terms of trying to fix this thing, my point is that breweries specifically should not be discriminated and targeted as the fall guy for this. Um, you know, we are, and I, I can tell you personally, you know, I'm, I'm getting fed up with breweries being treated like second-class citizens. The state passed this statute in 2012. They allowed us to exist. Um, you know, they allowed, you know, the last seven years to happen, which have been great. Mm. They can't step back in time now. Um, and and it's really not fair to uh, to breweries that, you know, every year based on, you know, whoever's in charge of a of a of a uh, regulatory department, you know, which is kind of a revolving door. There have been like six, seven directors in the last, you know, since this has been passed. Right. Uh, you know, everything changes. And that's that's really what we're looking for is some more stability and expectations. But fair fairness, fairness to be especially considering what's happening as a, on you know on a massive scale uh, with breweries all over the country, which is a much more uh, you know uh, tap room focused model. Yeah, abs- so you know, and New Jersey needs to understand that. Absolutely. Uh, my guest has been Chuck Garrity, the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing. They're located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. Chuck, next time I have you on, we got to talk about the beer and the coffee. I, I want to see these, these all these <laughs> well, laws and down. changes. We can do a mobile, and, we can do a mobile podcast. How you know that? what? I, I'm going to have to do that just to, so I can sample the, the, the wares and, uh, and we can have another great conversation about beer and all kinds of other stuff. Chuck, thanks so much for joining me. I so very much appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. And one more thing, I just want to tell your your customers, if they want to sign a petition that goes to their legislators, mm-hmm. just go to broodindependent.org or savenjbeer.org. They will be able to uh, sign a petition. It will take about a minute or two, and it will go directly to their legislators. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to uh, try to advance this thing. So I encourage everybody to do that. Please. Chuck, Chuck, you are awesome. Thanks so much. I very much appreciate it, my friend. Have a great day. You got it. Up next, Suds and Duds, right after this on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Larry Elder says what the left doesn't want to hear. S&P 500, never been higher? (laughs) Economy rocking and rolling? More jobs created last month than the experts expected? (laughs) Donald Trump's popularity rating, highest ever of his presidency? (laughs) About the same as when Obama ran for his... Second term? Say it ain't so! The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The Answer. 
Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Have you been curious about trading stock but don't know how to get started? With Tradeway, you can learn how for just $99.95. Come to the Marriott Marquis in Times Square on August 2nd and 3rd and find out where to begin. There's a full money-back guarantee. Call Tradeway at 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-TRADE or go to Tradeway.com to sign up. Are you one of the 80% of Americans that experiences back pain, suffer from sciatica or spinal stenosis, afraid of the potential surgical complications of going under the knife to remedy your pain? Then the Brooklyn Spine Center is the place for you. Dr. Melinda Keller is not only a friend of mine, she's the director who specializes in non-surgical spinal decompression. She utilizes the DRX-9000 to make your lower back pain a thing of the past. Give Dr. Keller a call at 718-234-6200. That's 718-234-6200. Jay Sekula, live on Top of the World, weeknights at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. Got a chance to see them uh, last Tuesday over at the Prudential uh, Center. Uh, that was a phenomenal show. Uh, very psyched to, uh, to see that show and Jeff Lynn and just uh, what a transformational experience it was. That's a great band. If you get a chance to see them uh, while they're on their tour this year, you definitely want to check them out. So we're here in the final segment. we got a couple of quick news notes before we get out of here, before I get to my suds and duds. First up, Heavy Seas has announced the limited release of Be More Snowball. It's an egg custard blonde ale. Uh, this is a, the fifth release from their 15-barrel brew house this year. Uh, the beer is exclusively available in the Heavy Seas tap room at the brewery on Friday, July 26th. This will be in four packs of 16-ounce cans and on draft. Um... This is a Blondale that is brewed with vanilla and spice. It's a 5.5% ABV with an IBU of 4. So you've got to go to the brewery to check that out. Hopefully I can get myself uh, a can of that from the folks at Heavy Seas. That would be very cool to try. Also, Founders is selling CBS, their Canadian breakfast out, for the last time this year. The 2019 release of CBS uh, will be its last for the foreseeable future, the company announced last week in an email to consumers. The Michigan Craft Brewery added it will sell 12-ounce bottles of CBS in addition to the 750-milliliter bottles for the first time in the United States when the beer is released on November 1st. So interesting. They'll be coming out with 12-ounce bottles as well as the bombers, but it's the last time they're going to be uh, putting this beer out there for the foreseeable future. And it makes sense. It's a beer that... I don't think if you're going to make it as a part of your regular rotation, especially when their KBS is so popular, it really doesn't make sense to keep putting out CBS. And I have to say the last couple uh, uh, brands of CBS, the last couple of years of it, have been very, very good. So let's get into suds and duds here. Uh, first up, had uh, 
a runway or the highway by Wet Ticket was over there a couple of, uh, about a week or so ago. And I have a bottle of this, but I hadn't had it on draft yet. And let me tell you something. Vanilla coconut, fantastic. It is a great uh, porter. Not the best porter that I had this week, but very, very good. I did not. I rated it high on uh, my untapped scale. You can follow me on untapped at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. But uh, this was, it was not the best that I had. I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, Paragon Tap and Table had a tap takeover from Brick City. Was able to get over there and try a couple of the beers. Tasty jams, very good, smooth, delicious, uh, juicy, a real nice one. Had uh, the heady jams. This was nicely done, had a nice bite to it. And then I moved on to the dad shorts, which I really thought was the best one out of the three that I had. Just a just a great beer, juicy, smooth, but it really packed a punch. And probably not a good idea on a Thursday night, or as I like to call it, a school night, to have that many uh, beers and then go home and go to sleep and have to get up very early for work. So probably not the best idea. I was kind of dragging it last Friday. So not the best idea in the world. Uh, then I was down in Asbury Park and went to see Blues Traveler. Uh, never actually got into the show. Unfortunately, um, the <laughs> we got caught up in some things over at the Watermark Bar in Asbury, my best friend and I, and never made it actually into the show. Now, we got to hear most of the concert because the Watermark uh, is diagonal to where the um, where the summer stage is, and it's obviously it's an open-air summer stage. You can hear everything that's going on, and what's cool about the bar is they don't really play music because obviously music's going on. It's pretty smart. And we only knew that the concert was over because they started playing club music in the place. And, well, we had to leave. I don't dance. But anyway, as we continue on here on our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970, The Answer. So uh, we had a couple of different beers that were there. First up, I had a Full Sail Brewing uh, Lager, their Session Premium Lager. Uh, decent lager, definitely a good uh, beer to pregame. Kind of, a, They were in uh, bottles that looked like red stripe bottles. Uh, not a bad lager. Probably, I don't know if that was the choice I would go with, but my friend was buying the beer, so you know, you take what you can get. And it's not bad. But then, I have to tell you, I had uh, I had a couple of Brooklyn uh, Bel Air sours, which I, I find the, the Bel Air sour is a great beer. It's easy drinking. Uh, it's a very low ABV. It's something that you can have a couple of them and kind of just maintain through the night, which is great. Um, but. Uh, they had on tap, I have not had this brewery yet, Last Wave Brewing. They're at a Point Pleasant. Now, Peter Kulos has been telling me, you got to come down, you got to check them out. My problem with getting over there is the fact that the brewery is only open on Saturdays until, I think, 6 o'clock. They have to close early because of the other bars that are in the area, and they don't want to seem like they're competing with them. So in the summertime, to get down there that early... Uh, and fighting traffic and whatever, but you know what? I I just I'm gonna have to make the make the move and just go down there uh, and definitely check them out. So anyway, uh, they had the right coast, which was a, a chocolate coconut porter that they had on tap. I said, you know what? Let me just get a glass of this. Boy, let me tell you, was that one of the best moves that I ever made? It is quite possibly one of the best porters that I've ever had. Smooth chocolate coconut. It was just fantastic. I savored this beer probably for a good half hour, because it was that good. And if that beer was that good, then I am intrigued to try a lot more of those beers from Last Wave Brewing. So, Peter, if you're listening, uh, I'm definitely coming down there with my wife. We'll do some dinner or something afterwards, but we definitely have, I, I have to check out uh, that brewery, Last Wave Brewing, over in Point Pleasant. If you haven't been there yet, you definitely want to 
um, check them out. Uh, then I had, as we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, uh, I had from uh, over at Paragon, they had uh, from Offshoot Beer Company, Relax, it's just a hazy IPA. I'll tell you, it's an excellent juicy IPA that has a slight bite on it. It was smooth, very, very good. I enjoyed this one immensely. Um, then had uh, and then had the, the Love Child Number Nine by Boulevard Brewing. Uh, all the guys there were like, "You have to try this. It's a fantastic sour." And you know what? They were one hundred percent right. A super sour, acidic in a good way, much more wine esque than anything else. Lots of cherry flavor, uh, super puckery. In fact, the, the, I think the first two sips, I kind of you know my whole face kind of shriveled up because it was just that good. So uh, I highly recommend the Love Child Number Nine. Uh, by Boulevard, and then I had a couple of beers in the backyard with my uh, my neighbors. Had some wet ticket. We had some. Uh, what else did we have? We kind of finished off the uh, Icarus uh, that I had bought about a week or so ago. But I'll tell you, summertime, great time to try a lot of good beers. And don't knock. Um, somebody had mentioned they can't really get into porters and stouts. Don't knock that because let me tell you something. Um, it, it takes a while to get used to anything. We've talked about it on the program before. Uh, on how you have to try something over and over and over again in order to get a taste for it. I didn't like sours for the longest time. Um, I had cancer, I had chemo, radiation. Suddenly my taste buds changed, and I found sours to be much more approachable. Now, again, I think part of it was my taste buds changed, but also, too, I think I just kept trying you know, a few more and a few more and a few more, and eventually um, you get to either you like it or you don't like it. It's the same thing with IPAs. When we talked to Jim Varel last week, there's a lot of good hazy IPAs, and then there are a lot of bad hazy IPAs out there. Um, I think a lot of these breweries, they're trying to make it approachable for everybody, but sometimes you just kind of miss the mark. And you know what? That's okay. If you miss the mark, you miss the mark. But to me, if you're going to market it as a hazy IPA, it better be juicy. It better have some, better have a little bit of bite to it, but it's got that citrus flavor. And then if you're going to you know, dump in all that lactose and milk and whatever to try and make it creamy, great. But balance. That's, I think that's the most important thing is balance. Balance and consistency. Two biggest things uh, from a brewer. You want balance in a beer sometimes. Sometimes you don't, but a lot of times you want balance. But the other thing is consistency. If your beer isn't coming out of the tank consistently the way you want it to be, there's a problem there. Folks, we're out of time. My thanks to everyone, including my guest Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing. Boy, he had a lot to say and a lot of opinions. And you know what? I don't disagree with him uh, that much on a lot of the things that he's talking about. And of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I'll be back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 